Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Elson, Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Cas. Nice being back in studio. Definitely is. Let's uh, start this this chat of ours with some Springbok rugby, or let's call it the rugby championship results. Um, Argentina, Australia. Um, Australia winning that one 27-8. And then the big one, the 100th test between South Africa and New Zealand. New Zealand winning it in the last couple of minutes, 1917. Your thoughts on those games, Mark? Well, firstly, let's uh, leave the South African one for last discussion. Um, if you look at the Australian-Argentina game, um, you know, I think I feel, I feel for a, a team like Argentina. Um, you know, they've been on the road for, for quite a few weeks now. Um, you know, I think they probably just want to go home. You know they haven't played. They haven't played a single test match at home in the last two years. Yes. Um, yes. Obviously, COVID. Same as South Africa, haven't played since the World Cup. But Argentina have been able to play. They've just not been able to play in Argentina. So for these poor guys, I mean, they were in South Africa for for two weeks and obviously had to be here to isolate. Yeah, I first. think they were in total. They were almost four weeks yeah, here to, to isolate. You know, and and now in total. They would like South Africa. They would have to be in Australia for six weeks, so you're already looking at nearly three months. Um, so it makes it very difficult for them, you know. And part of part of the issue that that they had is their preparation going into the championship was an issue because most, if not all, their players play in Europe. Um, I think they only had like seven days to prepare for the first test against South Africa. Yes. Um, yes, they've been together now for a while, but it's not the same. You know, you, you normally go into camp and you do certain things. So the sad part here is that I think we look at Argentina this year compared to last year where they beat New Zealand and they beat the Aussies, um, and now we're judging them on yes. that specific result, you know. So I feel for them. Then, but I mean, you also need to give... Give credit where credit is due. Um, Australia bounced back nicely after being given a hiding by New Zealand in their previous three test matches. Um, you know, our first test that we played against Argent uh, against uh, Australia was a was a close encounter. Then they gave us a hiding, um, and this weekend, obviously, against Argentina. And if you look at the score line, um, the score line is actually less than than what they put up against South Africa. Against South Africa you know? So there you need to give Argentina credit. But I'm glad, you know, for, for, for World Rugby, I'm glad for for Australia that they've actually turned the table, I think. And I'm saying I think because one will only be able to see in the November test when they play away. And unfortunately for Argentina, you know, they, they go home after this weekend's, this coming weekend's games. Um, their players go back to their franchises wherever they play in the world and when they need to get together again then it's back to drawing yes. board you know where South Africa are probably similar that half of our team probably plays abroad um, but you still got majority of them yeah what the setup is in Argentina obviously with regards to player management and that one doesn't know um, but let's see this weekend hopefully it will be a closer encounter I don't know you know the championship has now been won and, and well done to New Zealand for, yes. for winning it um, even on a South African front or New Zealand and Australian front, in theory, there's nothing to play for um, from a championship point of view. So they can blood new players. There's there's so much that can happen. But let's for, let's hope for Argentina. They bounce back this weekend and uh, they give the Wallabies a good run for their money. In South Africa, New Zealand, centenary year and the centenary match. And look, I think it, it lived up to ex expectation in the sense of scoreline. Um, it did. You know, if you look at the Haka, it was, yet again, their special Haka. Um, this time they added a little bit of flavour where they actually walked forward towards the towards the Springboks. Um, you know, and, and it's always, regardless of who they play, their opposition is always hyped up after the Haka yes. because that's a proper challenge. You know, then, and I say this with respect to all the other countries in the world, um, most people say that, the New Zealand South African test matches are the are the ones that you really want to watch and and it didn't disappoint, you know. So 
uh, when you start dissecting it and you look at New Zealand and you look at South Africa separately, then maybe you can say it was a disappointment because you wanted to play yeah. X and Y and Z. Yes. But, you know, the best coaches normally sit on the couches and they criticize. Um, one thing that I'd like to say is that, that, you know, as a coach myself, you do try and manipulate the game to play a game plan that suits your players. And Jacques Ninawar has been speaking about this for, for youngs now that that's our DNA. We like to crash the ball up. We like to put you under pressure. We like to defend. Last week we spoke in studio and we said, as well, if there's one team that can put the New Zealanders under pressure at South Africa, Ireland did it in, in America two yes. or three seasons ago. Um, New Zealand aren't used to that. The problem with, I think, with, with South Africa is, and many people say we kick too much, and we probably do. And I'm saying probably do because we've all got our own opinion about it. Yes. Um, if I say, yes, we do, then the guys that think it's good for us to kick like that and put them under pressure would say, but it's not like that. So, But I, I do think we probably do. What I would like to see is for South Africa to keep kicking because that's part of their DNA and it's put the them under pressure. But we still need to play a little bit. You know? so, so bring in a... a a game plan. I mean, we had how many opportunities on the weekend where we secured ball, where we had overlaps, where we could have taken the ball wide, uh, we could have counter-attacked, yet we kicked the ball. And I think that is the frustrating part. And then just to, to end our discussion now with regards to the test match, I mean, we were, yes, the scoreline was close, but I think we were comfortable in the sense of yes. game management right until the end where we sort of knew that we had this game wrapped up. And South Africa would have been more comfortable thinking that we could win the game. And New Zealand would have thought, shit, we need to do something to make it happen. And therein lies the, the issue is the last five minutes of the game or so where our game management was actually quite poor and it cost us at the end of the day. You know, firstly, we gave away the penalty. And then secondly, we should have played in the right area and then kept them there. And But, I mean, let's come back to we the can, kicking now. We can we start right in the away. beginning of the game we, if... if Andre Pollard nailed the first kick. It also would have been a different ball game. But now looking at New Zealand's reaction after the final whistle, they were they were definitely very nervous. No, definitely. Throughout. And you know they don't normally celebrate like they that. They don't. So never. Um, so if you look at that reaction, yeah. it just tells you that these guys were very nervous yeah, and look, they were very glad to win this game. And and one thing that that I'd like to say is as well, you know, and yet again we speak an, an opinion and whatever. Um, whether whether South Africa play the right brand or not, um, that's not what I want to allude to. But what I want to say is the build-up to this test match. Everyone said South Africa's game plan is kicking the ball away, kicking the ball away. New Zealand are going to annihilate us because they attacking team and they will they thrive on turnover ball, kick it at them, and they nothing happened. Nothing One happened. try apiece. Yes. The only difference was this should have been a draw in theory because Andre Pollard yes. missed that conversion. Um, so our, our game plan obviously works for us. Yes, you can now say that New Zealand weren't on song because they dropped a few balls more than they normally do or they missed or whatever, or whatever. But it's also your opposition that puts pressure on you to do things like that. You know? So this weekend coming would be, a, would be a good test, and I say that as well because in theory the pressure is off. The 100th test was obviously a mark, although they downplayed it to say they don't think about that. I think it was definitely up there because you want to win your 100th test. Now New Zealand are saying they want a clean sweep of the championship. So obviously their focus would be 100% to win this game. South Africa want to win it to at least end the, the championship on a high and to at least say we beat. Because South Africa will now also believe that they can beat New Zealand. Yes. And it's sad to say it like that because, you know, as a as a... World Cup winning team, you should have that belief automatically. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. You are capable of beating yes, them. You know? And I think South Africa, because media, unfortunately, is media, um, the players might have questioned themselves as well to say, are we good enough more so because we were just pumped by, by Australia in the first and the second test leading up to this. You know? so, but, I mean, as usual, I mean, it was a tight affair. You can go back the last five, six, seven games between New Zealand and South Africa. Yes, we've been on the short end of the stick, but it's been close games. So um, I'm, I'm really, I'm hoping for, for South African to bounce back at the uh, next weekend and, and see if we can take it. But guaranteed, New Zealand will be up for it. I just want to say um, 
Well done, Eugene Mayer. You you almost called it 2620. Yeah, you uh, did. For New Zealand, you called it. Um, <laughs> At you, least he knows his rugby. <laughs> yeah, you you and I were a bit out of it, although the scores were very close. But we both had it for South Africa. But I think that was the heart speaking and not the mind, really. Yeah, look, I, I think it's so it's so difficult because you know if you look at stats, New Zealand have beaten us more. And obviously we've beaten them. I think yeah. it was. We I think only we only, won we, we've only got thirty-six percent. Yeah. So it makes it very difficult. And obviously, and that for them would give them more self-belief. Yes. I mean, they are definitely over the last I don't know three, four decades maybe the team that's been more consistent yes. year in and maybe not in the World Cup, so but um, more yeah. consistent year in and year out. And as a rugby championship side, and when I say championship, I'm talking World World Cup holders. We were first in the world up until two weeks ago when we lost to Australia. We are not used to that type of pressure that you have to be. We in New Zealand have had that for the last three decades or so, you know. So, and but good, good to to New Zealand well, and and well deserved. They are a quality side. Let's talk about the rankings while you're on the rankings there. Um, New Zealand moving up into first position um, a week ago. It was actually before this last game. Um, at 91.8 points, South Africa in second place, in second place at 90.2 points. Um, Australia third place, uh, 86.1. England 85.4. Ireland 84.8. And then France, Scotland, Argentina, Wales, and Japan making up the top 10. So it's still a tight one. I mean, South Africa beating, or if they do beat New Zealand this coming weekend, they can move back into first position. Yeah, look, unfortunately, I mean, and, and sadly so, I mean, the, currently there's just over a point difference, yeah. uh, point and a half. Um, sad, and the reality is, before the championship, we were nearly six points ahead of New yes. Zealand. And uh, the two losses against Australia cost us dearly, and that's where, where it started. Um, and now, obviously, with New Zealand beating us even worse, and if we lose again on the weekend, that will stretch slightly, you know, so, and as you say, we could either pull it back or we can't. Um, what is what is good to see with regards to the rankings and, and well done to Australia. Yes, um, back I think in the, when the yeah. yeah, I think when the championship started, they were seventh. Yes. Um, and obviously they've, and, and I say this with respect to Argentina, and as I said, hopefully Argentina will win on the weekend. But if South Africa loses on the weekend and Australia win again, Australia will obviously close the gap between South Africa and Australia. Yeah. Um, New Zealand will stretch their lead a bit. And then it's going to be up to the November test to see who's going to pull what back. Interesting, though, is like in the olden days, the top three Southern Hemisphere Yes. Countries are, are at the top, and uh, more often than not, obviously New Zealand is at the top, and then it's between South Africa and Australia. What's, what's strange about, or what's difficult for me to believe, is that, that Wales are sitting at nine. I mean, Wales were doing so well the last couple of years in the, in the Six Nations, and yet they're at number nine. Yeah, I think one must, one must also look at as to who's playing when. You know, northern the northern hemisphere normally play their Six Nations in January, February, and the southern hemisphere don't play. So these yeah. guys aren't playing now. So all the movement is technically now happening in the rugby championship. I mean, yes. there's no Ireland. England's not playing. Um, so when we go into the November tests, then obviously we're all part of it again. And then come January, February, then the southern hemisphere won't be playing. Yeah. And they then the Northern Hemisphere will be part of the Six Nations, so then it will change again. But I agree with you because Wales won the Six Nations. Yes. So, but if you remember, at um, number nine, if you remember a few months ago, Wales were right up there. I think they were lying third or something third, like yes. that. So it's all the playing that's that's happened in between, you know. So, um, but I'm sure they'll bounce back as well. I mean, they are quality side too. Um, you know, it's it's Argentina that I feel for because they were right up there and they were busy going down because of. You know, and and sadly so with with Argentina as well. I think part of their downfall, and that's why their players left Argentina to go and play in abroad, is because they're not part of Super Rugby anymore. There's no space for them to club from a um, franchise point of view to play. Yes. Um, where New Zealand and Australia still play in 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 their Super Rugby part of it. South Africa is now moving to the north. Uh, we're playing in the Rugby Championships. Yes. 
Um, so we're all competitive still. The difference now is just, and, and I think we saw it over the weekend, and we'll speak about the rugby championships a little bit later. I mean, sorry about the United rugby championships a little bit later. Um, a lot of people say for South Africa to move north, that's going to be detrimental to us from an international point of view. Um, but then if you look at the results, which we've come to just now, then you wonder as to how poor the Northern Hemisphere really is if yeah. we battled like that, you know. So uh, I just think it's a great initiative, and I know I'm jumping the gun now, but I think it's good for us to play north. It, it brings something different in, new learning curves and all of that, and we can only be better. But looking forward to this weekend's games, and, and hopefully let's Argentina and South Africa can do it. Yeah, let's look at the team. Not not too many changes. Um, Billy LaRue, 15. Uh, Spoon Corsi, 14. Lucanio Am and Damien De Lende still in the, in the midfield. Uh, Makazola and Pimpi, Andre Pollard, Faf de Klerk, Dwayne Vermeulen, um, Kwaja Smith, uh, Sia Kulisi, Luit de Jager, Eben Etzebet, Trevin Yakani, Bongium Benambi, and Nche, not, not a hell of a lot of changes. I mean, there's actually no changes there. Um, it's still the same side. Yeah, and they, the bench pretty much the same, except for Jasper Visa coming in. If you look at the two changes that, that took place, um, Auxen chairs in for Franz Malherbe because of injury, and then Trevin Yakani moves to tight-head prop. And we've also got a replacement on the flank. It technically, it happened on the bench, though. And yes. uh, Jasper Visa obviously comes yes. in. Um, you know, there's 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 many ways to look at it. From a coaching point of view, you are hiding to nothing because you have to win. Uh, we haven't won in the last three test matches, so obviously Jacques Ninelber is, is under pressure. Um, a lot of people are calling for changes. I mean, you've got the Dupria brothers that are sitting there. Um, there's so many other players that haven't played uh, where... Many of our starting lineup players aren't performing at the level that they should be. Uh, but it's very difficult, you know. So you're going to your trusted, but your trusted haven't worked in the last three or four four games. So so what do you do? What I don't think could have happened is wholesale changes. I think that would have just disrupted everything. That would have, yeah. But um, but wouldn't it have worked due to the fact that we've lost the game and New Zealand now have won the championship? Um, don't you think that was now the chance to, to bring those guys in and give them a chance? It is, and I'm not saying that the, that the so-called new guys coming in are second rate or whatever, but what you don't want, and it could happen with the same side, because the pressure is different this weekend. You know, New Zealand would also have played last weekend knowing that it's the 100th test, so that will stick for a very, very long time, hence the fact that they wanted to win. Um, they are now going out to say they want to have a clean sweep because for them, it's like it's like playing when when we go and play north and you yeah. win the four games or whatever. That's how they see it. So they want to end it like that. But I agree with you. Um, maybe not make wholesale changes, but change the odd ones. Like Andre Pollard's been battling. Faf has battled. Willie yes. LaRue has battled. Um, bring a fussy in and... You know, obviously these guys were, are going to be given the chance to, to play when we go north. Yes. Um, but let's see what they can do at the big stage. What you don't want, though, is now all of a sudden for New Zealand to put 40 or 50 past you um, with those changes. Because then um, the coach doubts whatever has happened, obviously. The players will go, well, these guys haven't been playing well enough. Now I'm there and we get 50. So how good am I really? You know, but I, you know, if you we spoke about it last week as well. If you could look at a guy like Dwayne Vermeulen, Dwayne Vermeulen hasn't been playing well, so bring a Jasper Visa back in, and bring Dwayne Vermeulen off the bench if you have to, or yes. you know, or bring a Dan von Sale, uh, a Dan, bless you, Dan von Sale, um, bring a Dan Dupria in, or you know, something. Do right. the odd changes. So in theory, he stuck with exactly the same team, and only made the changes because of injury. Yes. So, uh, and that's a sad part, you know. And then you look at the bench, you go, you look at some of these guys, you say, okay, will they be, I look at the, the, two, the two stains for arguments, like Franz Stein and Mornay Stein. Are they going to be there when we go to the Northern Hemisphere? Like they will, in all probability, most probably not, be there at the next World Cup. 
But are they going to be at an, in the northern hemisphere when we get tour in November? Who knows? But now you need to start planning for two years' time when we go to the World Cup. So it makes it very difficult. But I mean, we've lost the championship. You know, if if we were if we were going to go into this game and it's a 50-50, then maybe you stick with your guns and the players that you know have trusted. Because we spoke about this as well last week. We did. Some of the players that we now are calling on, like the France Steins and whatever, haven't played haven't for six played. weeks. No, they haven't. Now played. we're saying bring the two Priya brothers in for arguments. So these guys played. haven't played even longer because yes. they weren't even part of the line 100%. series. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it makes it so difficult. And the sad part is, and the sad reality is, we need to get these guys going. I read an article today about Arkia Sneiman that played against the Sharks now for Munster on the weekend. Yes. Um, he came on off the bench finally after his injuries and whatever. And the, the Springboks management have gone out to say they're not even looking at him at the moment. They need him to get match fit, need him to play games, and on, so on and so forth. So for me, there's no difference between Ergia Steyman that hasn't played for months now and Dan Dupree and all the other guys holding the bags at the moment. How do you then include them into a massive test like playing against New Zealand because it's exactly the same. They are not match fit. They haven't played in two months. I mean, it's and, no. and it's not the players' fault. I mean, you know, you need to manage it properly, and it's a very difficult situation. But put yourself in, in those shoes. I mean, all the players are there. They all want to play. Yes. How do you feel? You got, you've just gone four or five weeks on tour. All you've done is holding the, uh, held the bags the whole time, and you know you're not going to get a shot. Makes it very difficult and very negative, I suppose. And to tour, maybe that those players that haven't been playing would want to forget. Making it even more difficult. Your thoughts on the on the um, captain's photo shoot debacle? Well, speaking speaking about captains, firstly, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm changing it again, but let's give Sia Kulisi credit for this weekend that's just gone by his game. It's probably the best game that he has played in a Springbok jersey, or one of the best, if not the best in a long time. Um, he was absolutely all over the show, and he's one of the Springboks. There weren't many that really put his hands up, and, and well done to Sia Kulisi for that. And he really showed um, the critics that he can actually play rugby. What we need now is well, obviously consistency. Yes. Any case, moving on to the photo shoot. Shame. So yes. what actually happened is... Um, Julian Montoya, the 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 Australian Argentinian captain, captain yeah. um, there was a little bit of rumblings this week because the Australian Rugby Union and Sanzar um, arranged for a photo shoot. I think it was just before the championship started in Australia. Yes, and um, with the four countries and the four skippers, but then there was transport issues and COVID and whatever, so they postponed. So what happened last week when New Zealand and South Africa played and obviously Argentina had to play um, Australia, they arranged for a photo shoot with the four captains again. But what had happened was Julian Montoya, the Argentinian captain, couldn't make it because they were too far out. So I think it was 1,400 Ks or whatever it was. The instruction to the photographers and whoever arranged this, was that they needed to take a photo of the South African captain, Sia Kulisi, the New Zealand captain, uh, Ari Sevilla, for the 100th test match. So obviously they wanted to punt that in social media. And they needed to take a photo, separate photo, with uh, Hooper, the Australian captain, because of their indigenous jerseys that they're wearing now. So it's a new thing with the, with the um, numbers and whatever the case might be. So they took those photos individually, but what they also did, they took a combined photos of the three captains with a rugby championship trophy, and that is what went on to social media. And they obviously it shouldn't, have it shouldn't have, because that wasn't the plan. Yes. And then um, the Argentinian coach made a bit of a hoo about it, on Mario Ledesma, and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, he was speaking about disrespecting Argentina and not talking to them, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think many people can point fingers, but I think if you were in that position, you would also have felt offended by it. Um, Sanzon and Australian rugby did come back and apologise for it profusely, saying that they shouldn't have, but that wasn't their instruction. 
but then you'd like to and know. It wasn't the intention to do correct, that. Correct. But you'd like to know how they got into social media then. You know what I'm saying. So, But I feel for them. Mark, we know how social media work today. If there's a photograph, it's going to end up on social media yeah, somewhere. Somebody somewhere along the line is going to post it on social media, whether it's just a, a friendly post to a friend and it gets out or whichever way it's always going to get. The nice thing about it is that um, Sansa and Australian Rugby has sent out an official apology, um, which I hope that Australian Rugby has accepted and um, understand what the circumstances were and that they weren't excluded um, deliberately. Well, look, it's a sad, you know, and, and I say this with respect to them as well, you know, the the Argentine rugby team is the minnow, if I can call it, between the other big yes. three. Um, and I think that just makes it worse, you know. And, and one needs to ask this question. If it was New Zealand or Australia or South Africa, would, have, would it have happened? You know, one one begs to differ. It could have happened. Could have happened, but um, would it have happened? You know, there's the, you can look at test matches where you play against whoever. Um, the referees tend to favour certain ones, or that's a perception out of the, out out there. Um, so now you have this. You know, so they all go. If it was South Africa as world champions, it wouldn't have happened. Because it's New Zealand, it wouldn't have happened. You know, so regardless of what it is, um, it, uh, we all believe it was wrong. Sanzon and Australian Rugby Union have, have ch taken it on the chin and they've apologised. And think about it, the horses bolted. Um, there's nothing they can do about it but apologise. You know, they can't take it back or anything like that. So let's hope one will move on. I think what it would do, if I was uh, Mario Ledesma, I'd use that as a motivator Yes. Um, in the next game. To so say this is how they respect you or whatever, it's time to earn your respect back and go out and play and, and make it happen. Yeah. You know, so it could work for them, good. but it's still sad. I, I Personally, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have liked it if I was a coach or you as a player or whatever in there because you feel, you know, you're already down and out as it is. Yeah. Um, now this still happens, you know, but it is what it is. And, you know, they all respect each other off the field and that, which is great. And, and rugby is such a wonderful game that while you're playing, you want to break legs and, do whatever you need to, but afterwards we all get along well, and hopefully it won't it won't sour anything because no, the, I, I think, think the four would. countries get along quite well. Yeah. Then moving on to some sevens rugby and the Blitzbooker second week in a row that they've actually won the the trophy. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> taking in account that uh, due to COVID and tra traveling restrictions. Argentina, Australia, Fiji, France, Japan, New Zealand, and Samoa were unable to compete. Yeah, look, that's a, I think that's a sad that's a sad reality of where we are in the world with regards to any sport, and COVID plays a massive part in that. Speaking of that, uh, just to put the listeners into the picture, in Australia now, where the box and everyone are playing in Sydney, they've got a COVID spike um, this morning. All the players aren't allowed to mix with uh, spectators or anything. They're back into their hotels, back into isolations. They can train, uh, but there's been a spike now. So it's back to back to normal like they were prior to the championship starting. Um, and this just speaks to the sevens now as well. I mean, it can change at any time like yes. we've just seen. Um, the sad reality is, you know, if you, and uh, yet again, I say this with utmost respect to the teams that are there. South Africa, in theory, is the only one that should be in the final, or not should be in the final, um, that's quality enough that possibly can be in the final week in, week out. And if they're not, people would actually question yes. why they're not there, if it makes sense what I'm saying. Having said that, South Africa went there with, with a relatively new side. There's many yes. brand new players that have played, and they've played very well. Um, but the sad reality is the, the top nations aren't there. You know, um, after the second round in, in Canada now, they all ranked. Whereas the first round, I think half of the teams that participated were all there on invitation. Yes. So um, it is what it is. And, and sadly, so it's, it's a bad word to use, but it's watered down because watered the top down. nations aren't there, you know. But South well, Africa have done very well. Let's look at the rankings then. Um, talking about the sites that are out, um, Argentina, Australia, Fiji, Japan, uh, France, New Zealand, and Samoa, 
um, if we can do the ranking from the bottom up. At 19, we've got Samoa. 18, New Zealand. 17, Japan. 16, France. 15, Fiji. 14, Australia. And 13, Argentina. Those are all sites that were traditionally competitive, yeah, very yeah, competitive. Yeah, yeah. Those were the sites that actually kept South Africa most of the times mm. out of the finals. Now, if we go back to the top now, and we start from top down, South Africa, number one, um, Great Britain, number two, Kenya, number three, Canada, number four, USA, number five, Ireland, number six, Germany, number seven, Hong Kong, number eight, Spain, number nine, Chile, number 10, Jamaica, number 11, Mexico, number 12. Mm. Okay, then you go Argentina, Australia, yeah. Fiji, uh, France, Japan. You know, you're talking about watered down. With all due respect to everybody, um, this says quite a, quite a bit. Unfortunately, it is like that. And, and look, well done to um, the organizers of, of this. Yes. Um, HSBC. Uh, sevens uh, for continuing with it. You know, we we now know already that one or two of the legs have been cancelled. Um, I think the next the next leg is in Dubai, um, and obviously because of restrictions, I'm assuming those teams won't participate. The sad part now is, even if they do continue, let's say for the next four or five legs, and New Zealand come in and Samoa come in or whatever, they'll never be able to catch the top no, they because they've played three or four rounds. You know, so that's a sad reality. So, but, then, um, but one good thing is, uh, you know, if you look at the teams like Germany and Hong Kong and Chile and Jamaica and Mexico, yeah. I mean, they don't get exposed to, to quality like that often, yeah. yes. you know. So, I mean, they've taken it. I mean, there's been one or two surprises already and upsets. Um, you know, South Africa, and this is what I'm saying, watered down. And, I mean, we all know South Africa is one of the best in the world. They've got quality players. They, they There's a factory that... These sevens players just get produced week in and week out, and that's how, how crazy it is. I say week in and week out because that's virtually how it is. Um, I don't have the figures with me now, but if you if you look at points scored for and points against, um, South Africa has got more than double the amount of points scored than the second best team um, points scored. Yes. in the competition and and that's a sad reality i mean they beating sides left right and center we, and it's sad we're talking about this now and 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 we say that it's watered down but i mean in 15 20 years from now the history book's going to show that south africa yeah, has yeah. won these two and and nobody's really going to going to notice this fact yeah um as as a fact and, and unless you are a diehard rugby supporter mm. and a sevens rugby supporter but the history book's going to show that south africa's on top and Definitely. We've, we've done it. I mean, you, we have players now, I mean, the Sinatlas of the world that, that, that played for us how often. Um, we've now got youngsters that have just uh, equaled his record of 11 tries in a, in a, in a tournament. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot to play for for the people that yeah. are there. And, uh, I mean, ultimately, you're still representing your country. I mean, if, if, I, was, if I was a Blitzbok and, and I was selected to go, um, I'm not going to go, well, there's no Fiji, there's no New Zealand, no, I don't really want to go. You know, you are playing for your country. We've, we bombed out of the Olympics. Uh, we want to redeem ourselves. So it's not, put it this way, the countries that are playing, it's not their fault that the other countries aren't there. Not you know, so you still learn well, to represent there. your country. You That's know, as easy you, as it is. You can't win the lottery without a ticket. Yeah. We're there and... and Whoever else was there, we, we didn't select them. We didn't invite them. We we didn't ask for those teams to be there. We no. got them there. And if we can make good of it, then why no, not? No, definitely. No, definitely. And, and may I continue, you know. So, I mean, as we say, England isn't there. Scotland isn't there. There's so many other teams yes. that aren't there. And, and so be it. You know, while these guys are playing, I can tell you now, um, maybe, maybe, and I'm saying maybe, maybe the blitz box would go, Okay, we've won this thing, but you know there was no New Zealand, there was yeah. no Fiji because those traditionally are the two teams that 100%. challenge us. Yes, the rest of the teams there will not do that. They want to play, and I mean that's now opportunity for them to win gold or silver or bronze. You well, know, they so. aspire now to beat Correct. the box. No, hundred percent. And and if you can create that upset, um, you've got the bragging rights. And and ultimately, you know, uh, maybe not as a spectator, but as a coach, what do we want for world rugby? We want 
the Mino teams or players that aren't really there to get that experience to better themselves and to go forward because we want rugby to be the winner at the end of yes. the day. You know, and this is something that creates magic and, and you know, and as I said once again to HSBC and the t- tournament organisers, I mean, they could have said it is watered down. Most of the top nations aren't there. We're going to can it. Yet they said we continue and it's absolutely wonderful. It is. Let's talk about rugby winning and we move on to um, Warren Gatland that's now got the, the position of Director of Rugby at the Chiefs. Um, your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, it's interesting. Um, one obviously doesn't know what, what happened behind closed doors and whatever. Um, but what has happened there is when Warren was appointed as the British and Irish Lions coach this year, he decided, or I suppose the Chiefs decided or gave him permission um, not to coach the Chiefs because he had to focus on the British and Irish Lions. And then call it the standing coach, Clayton McMillan, um, was given the task to to prepare the Chiefs for the for their Super Rugby, Aotearoa, and so on and so forth. And then the Chiefs actually did quite well. They went into the final, and uh, I think they only lost one game in the whole tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, yeah, when Warren Gatlin came back, obviously they didn't want to let uh, Clayton step down now and let Warren take over because he's a winning formula yes. and, and the year that Warren Gatlin was there I think he'd only won one game so there was a complete turnaround and then well done to Warren as well you know whatever happened in closed doors we don't know but he's agreed to take over the British uh, sorry directorship and to, to guide the Chiefs in whichever direction and to work with Clayton and um, you know for whatever it's worth and wherever they want to go to but I think you know, if, you, if you're the head coach of the British and Irish Lions and you go back to your franchise and you can't be the head coach there, I think it's, it's a, whatever the discussion was now, but it's like a bitter pull to swallow, you know, because you're supposed to be superior and now you can't. But having said that, as the director of, of the Chiefs, obviously he's got lots and lots of work to do to, to steer that ship in the direction that they want to be so that they can be successful, you know. So... Yeah, it's just, it's just weird to see it happen like that. But obviously there's lots of discussions and it's a professional era. So good luck to to the new coach and obviously for Warren in his new position and to steer them. Yeah, but I'm sure there must have been a, a direction um, or, or, or a, a thought to go in that direction prior to this. I don't think it would have been the case that they've created this position now just to keep Warren there. I, I think it was something that they were working towards and this might have just um, accelerated that and just brought that decision forward. It could be. Uh, it could be. Um, you know, many, many franchises, clubs, wherever you go, they've got directors of rugby um, to steer the club or the franchise or wherever you are in a specific direction. You know, there's unfortunately this is this is just society and and how the human mind works. You think of Warren Gatlin that came to South Africa with the British and Irish Lions. Everyone criticised him for wrong selections uh, and for the way they played, and then they lost the series. Yes. Now you go back there to the Chiefs and you lost the previous year with the Chiefs. That could have played played a role. Who knows? Um, but I agree with you. I think a, a, a big organization like that and I call them an organization because it's professional rugby there's lots of sponsors and lots of money involved um, I don't think it would have been when he landed they would have said coming here here's a problem I think that discussion could in all probability have been held prior to him leaving already and saying right this is what could happen if this guy is successful yes. then uh, there's a possibility we might need to do this and that and you know I th- that's probably the right way that it should happen um, but whichever way it is, the Chiefs are in good hands because Warren Gatlin himself is a, is a very good coach um, and, and the Chiefs would definitely benefit from having him there and I wouldn't be surprised if later on he'll put up his hand for the New Zealand job. Very possible. Moving on to some United Rugby Championship results. Um, from a South African point of view, quite disappointing. Um, Starting with a, 
a win by the Lions. Um, the Lions against Zebra, 838-26. Um, Stormers Benetton, 22-18. Uh, Bulls Leinster, 31-3. And then Munster Sharks, 42-17. I'm just going to use or, or uh, just look at the, the, the South African sides that played. Um, almost want to say some hidings and and even the bulls that everybody thought now is untouchable here in South Africa and the Sharks battled against them got a massive hiding again yeah look firstly um, and it's no excuse I think the the score line are not a true reflection of of all the games put it that way um, if you look at the Lions for argument's sake uh, they I don't know where they came from and what they did, and well done to your side, by the way. Um, Thank you. I mean, the first half, I can't remember, I think it was 35-0 the first half, and then within the first three minutes of the second half, there was a penalty, and they were 38-0 up. Um, you know, and, and if you look at Zebra, unfortunately, they're not your best side, traditionally. Um, but yet again, you look at where the Lions came from, not winning a game in the Curry Cup. Yes battling and so forth. Um, they played some wonderful rugby in the first half. And in the second half, uh, obviously, they came back and it was a close encounter. Um, and, you know, one thought, okay, it's nothing new to cut it up. This is where it's happening. So a side that leads by that far should close it down. Um, but, I mean, the second half, Zebra just scored willy-nilly. Um, similar to what the Lions did in the beginning. But I think as well, and this is <laughs> the, the, the teams in the north don't know the teams in the south and vice versa. And Zebra probably went, hmm, how good are these guys? Because they were yeah. the rock bottom of the Curry Cup, so they can't be that good. So they might have underestimated us. And obviously half-time talk. And they came back and, you know, ending 26-38, uh, so 26 un unanswered points yes. um, would give them confidence now going forward. I'm just happy for the Lions and um, the coaching staff and that. they brand new coaches um, to that, except for Coach Ivan, uh, Cash. Uh, the rest of them are new to the Lions setup. They only had a week or two to prepare to go into yes. the rugby championships. And um, may that continue, you know, may... I just hope that that would give them... I don't think they're silly enough to think they've made it because they know where Zebra lie in the log traditionally. Um, but it's a positive for them. I mean, they got a bonus point out of it. There were some positives. Obviously, uh, Jacques Fourie will have to work on the defensive side of it yes. because that was lacking. Um, and maybe, you know, it is professional, but maybe they went into the second half thought, well, we've got this. we got this. And yes. then all of a sudden these no, guys really came possible. back. And, you know, when you are then the underdog and you believe yes. you're coming back, then it becomes difficult. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to the other sides, um, Stormers threw it away. Um, they were doing very, very well. Um, and in the second half... And especially against Benetton. Yeah, yeah. Benetton shows what they're capable of against the Bulls in the well, last final. They're the, the champions. They are know? the champions. So, so, I mean, um, and I, I, I just think that the Stormers were very unlucky. Um, they threw it away. They probably should have won that game. Um, it was also in the, in the last few minutes that obviously the things changed. Um, but I think from, from where they came from, in the Curry Cup as well. I mean, they, they didn't go into the finals. Um, and traditionally, the Stormers are a strong side. You know, there's there's lots of rumblings happening in the Union at the moment, at, at Province and so forth. Um, so who knows? You know, it's the first round. And, and, and you know, one, one can go and say, how strong is Benetton really? Um, I don't think you can look away from them because they played in the final. Yes. Um, but traditionally, yet again, they're not the strongest side. Um, you know, the two of the strongest sides played against the, the Bulls and the Sharks. And if you look at that side now, um, you know, the Bulls initially played reasonably well um, in the first few minutes of the game, but they were never really in it, sadly so. Uh, you know, Leinster, Leinster is a quality side. They're not, they're not fly-by-night champions. They, they win more often than not. Playing at home, they are a different kettle of fish. One must also not forget that if you look at 
all these other sides, barring South Africa, they've got all the internationals yes. playing for them where we they don't. Do have, yeah. You know, so that also makes a big difference. You know, so um, but look, Leinster's a quality side. Um, they ooze quality from one right through to twenty-three, probably to thirty or whatever they have in their squads, and but. Sadly so, the Bulls are our champion side. And, you know, you then go and you think Jake White is an astute coach. He knows what he's doing. He's now going to say it's an eye-opener and X, Y, and Z, and we need to look at this. I think we should have been better prepared then, if you look you at it like been. that, you know, because if you look at the quality that he does have. And, it, and, and it, it, you now need to ask the question, are we that good? You know, so one can't say because it's the first round. Well, as you said about the Lions, um, they are professional sites. But like the Lions going there saying that, yes, how good are we? You know, coming out of Mm. the Curry Cup, bottom of the log. The Bulls might have gone there and say, you know what, we won the the Mm. Curry Cup. So we are the best. So let's go into the field and show these guys what we are made of and maybe underestimating this. Game. No, definitely. And, and you know, Leinster is such a quality side. So, um, you know, and that takes us to the Sharks Munster game. I feel for the Sharks because the Sharks actually played very well. They did. Um, the first half, or at least the first 20, 25 minutes or so, they were right there. And, you know, unfortunately for them, they couldn't they couldn't round off. And, it, and it's, it's quite irritating, though, because they've got such quality players. Um, I think sometimes the decision making and discipline was an issue for us. Sadly so. Um, look, Munster, they also ooze quality. I mean, they've got Definitely. players coming off the bench that are international. Same as Leinster. Players starting that are internationals. Players coming off the bench that are internationals. You know, when you blink, there's another international. But that's what we want. We want to play against the best. Um, it's a new competition. Same. We can't just go to new competition. We don't know them. I mean, the Northern Hemisphere teams don't know us either. So yes. they're in exactly the same boat. They are in the same um, boat. But I, you know, I, to be honest, I know I know the score line says forty-two seventeen. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in Munster. I thought that they would have they would have done quite a lot better than they did um, with regards to play. I'm talking not score line because score line now proves quite a bit. It's a, quite a big margin, and and the Sharks, I must say, scored um, their seventeen points came late on. Um, you know, and and I think forty forty-two seventeen might be. Not really be a true reflection of the game. The 31-3 for the Bulls is probably a true reflection, yeah. um, but I don't think I don't think on the day Munster was as good as 42 p- points against the Sharks, if it makes sense what I'm saying. But I mean, yet again, what one also mustn't just uh, forget about is, and this might come back and bite the South African franchises in the Achilles, um, is the fact that in theory we've been playing rugby for about 18 months non-stop. The Northern Hemisphere are only coming back from pre-season now, which is also a negative for them in the beginning um, because they basically only played their first games now and we would have played our 15th or 20th game or whatever it is. Um, I just think later on in the season, in the United Championship season, it might come back to bite the South African sides from a fatigue point of view because we're playing so much. So player management and squad management is going to be vital for these coaches to try and work out that that's going to happen. Because I can tell you now, it was the first down, and yes, the Sharks played against Munster, and the Bulls played against Leinster, but it's not going to be easier. (laughs) It's a tough competition. Just looking at the other scores now, just on that point you just made, um, if you look at the Cardiff Blues against Gronach, um, 33-21, Glasgow Warriors, Ulster, 29-35. Edinburgh, Scarlet, 26-22. And then um, the Dragons, Osprey, 23-27. Now, we made the point earlier about, um, well, not earlier, in a a previous program, um, about the Sharks playing the British and Irish Lions twice. First game, they were annihilated. And then the second game, they came back and they actually did extremely well. Losing the game, but they did extremely well. Now, don't you think there's maybe, just maybe, something similar in the South African sides going over there and almost want to say underestimating the, the playing conditions and the sides and that it's a wake-up call and that they might come back better in the second round? Yeah, look, definitely. I, I, I definitely think 
from a South African point of view, we're on a on a learning curve. Um, yes. Definitely, I think. Let's look way ahead. I think the second term, like in next year, when we play in the second competition, will be a lot better. We might still not be there and thereabout, but we'll be a lot better. Having said that, the, the Northern Hemisphere teams must still travel to South Africa. Um, when they travel to South Africa, we'll be in our summer, and you come and play in the humid conditions in Durban, for argument's sake, or against the Lions up in the IFL. For them, it would be different conditions as well. Um, I just think that, you know, from a... Because we've, we've just basically started a competition, although we've just ended the competition, there's no rest in between. Um, some people were... I was listening to some of the comment, commentaries. Some of them were saying we're unfit to play there. I mean, how can you be unfit after just coming off a 10, 15, 20-week competition yeah, and prior to that? So I think it's... Can't part be. of that is just maybe management um, as to who you play. The problem is now... You start losing games and you're under pressure to play your best players the yes. whole time. So it makes it very difficult. But speaking about all the other teams participating and playing against each other, you'll see the score lines are a lot closer. They are a lot closer. With us. Yes. Um, the sad reality is, and it, yet again, it could come back and bite us. In the Curry Cup, when we played, some of the score lines were close as well, but it was high scoring games. And yes. if you look at what happened now with the, us going north, most of those games were high-scoring games as well, and we lost them. Speaks volumes about our defence, speaks yes. volumes about our possible inability to attack, and then you go straight back to the to the spring box and you look, decent defence, possible inability to attack, there's a problem. It's so, a problem. Um, Definitely and, a problem. You know, so it's, it's just critical for us. It's gone rounded off, it seems like. Um, looking at the fixtures coming up, uh, Bulls, Connock, um, Lions, Scarlets, uh, Glasgow Warriors, Sharks, and then the Monster Stormers. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm saying yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you go, you go to Scotland, you go to, and uh, yet again, I say this with respect. Um, you know, I think the 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 easier route is maybe going into Italy, the easier route. But, I mean, there's yes. the Benettons waiting for you and so forth. Yeah. Um, if you oh, – it's difficult. And as I said, it doesn't get easier. I mean, there's Stormers now. Um, they've just had a tough game as well. Now they're going to, to – I don't know if they're playing at Tom and Park or where they're playing in yeah. Limerick. Are they? Yes. Tom and Park. So, Munster's waiting for them, you know. Yes. So Definitely. And Monster coming off a, a good win. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, if win. you think about it, Monster will know. Yes, the Sharks yeah. The Sharks haven't played very well, but they play in the Curry Cup final. They play in the Curry Cup final. They're the second best team that we've produced. So. And, and Johan van Graan, as a South African coach, knows what the Curry Cup is about because he was here for years. Yes. And he'll know that the Sharks aren't a bad side because they played in the Curry Cup final. So um, he won't go to think, okay, we we did very well against the Sharks. Stormers didn't make it. Uh, he knows the Stormers as well, obviously. So and and the players, the coaches are clever. So yeah, it's an uphill for South African sides over there, you know. And and you know, we would have thought, and and with all due respect to your side and uh, Cash van Royen's uh, line side, uh, we actually thought that they are the ones, and they might still be battling, but this would have given them a lot of confidence. But, I mean, yeah, they are. they got five points. Uh, they way ahead. If you, look at, if you look at the log, I know it's I think they're second round. on the log, yeah. Yeah, and you look at the Bulls and the Sharks, they're right at the bottom, bottom too. Yes. <laughs> you know, I know so. it's early days, but, I mean, from a South African point of view, that shouldn't be called for. You shouldn't see it like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but let's speak about player psychic, Okay. You as a player now in a Lions jersey think that you're lying second in that competition, okay, coming off the, the um, Curry Cup being lost. Now suddenly you're in the, in the Northern Hemisphere. After round one, you number two on the log. And the Bulls that won the Curry Cup is now bottom of the log. Player psychic definitely comes into play there as well. Definitely. I think they're smiling as well. You know, the coaches and, and give the Lions credit. Uh, as I said, their coaching staff only had two weeks to prepare or whatever. Um, I don't think they could have done a heck of a lot to change much, put it that way. I think the basics were kept the same and they might have tweaked here and there. Um, but that would give them confidence, you know, regardless of who you play. 
If you play in the United Rugby Championships Pro 14 of old, those are all quality teams, and you need to qualify to play there. You know, so it's not a it's not a walk in the park. You still need to operate. And if you look at a team, let let's face it. I mean, it's you know, however they use and whoever they use to get their mindsets right. But as a player, you go, how good can we be? We've had all these players. We've also drafted in three or four players from the Pumas to come and help. Yes. It's not as, and I say this with respect yet again, they did very well, better than the Cheetahs and whatever. But the Cheetahs are supposed to be a better union out of the two. If one wants to look at players and where they traditionally play and whatever, then you go, the Lions took two, che- um, sorry, the, the Sharks took two Cheetahs players to help them. We're drawing from the Pumas. We haven't won a game in the Curry Cup. We're going to play in the United uh, Championships in the North. We're playing against good teams. What are our chances? Now, all of a sudden, they win. Yes. And it will definitely boost them. They will also probably go and think new coaches made a difference. We might have been skeptical because obviously we come off quite a bit of a loss. Yeah. Um, maybe we're on the right path. Let's give it a crack. So it's it's good for them. You it know, is good for them. I mean, everybody talks about scoreboard pressure on the field when you play on the day and you can put pressure on there. What about lock pressure? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Bulls now suddenly, the Bulls and the Sharks are now on the back foot and now suddenly the lock pressure is on them. We have to win. Where the Lions are in the position now, you know what, if we can walk away with a, a win, number one, um, and then a bonus point, we're going to stay there. You know, if we... If we lose and we walk away with a bonus point, it means those guys got to do mm. twice as much to actually catch us. So that lock pressure also starts building. Look, I think there's there's a few things that one does. I, you know, I can't obviously we can't speak on the coach's behalf, um, but I think similar to club rugby, you target certain games where you believe, uh, as a player, probably you believe you can beat anyone. Coaches are possibly more realistic and they know where you are at. Um, I think out of out of all our teams played that played on the weekend, the Lions would probably have been able to get more out of that game from a positive point of view yes. to, as to see where they're going as to where they were. I think the Bulls are probably in a very negative space at the moment because surely they would have rated themselves. Yes, they would have thought we played in the final against Benetton and Benetton annihilated us. So it's not going to be bad. We are the champions. We've yeah. played very well in South Africa. We know what we're good at. We know what we're poor at. Um, there'll be a lot of negative questions asked there for them to bounce back. Uh, the Stormers, I think, would be there and there about because they weren't poor, although they're not where they ought to be as the Stormers. Um, and they narrowly lost. They probably gave the game away. you know. And then the Sharks would also go, she's... Um, we we are the team in the Curry Cup that probably didn't play more than the others due to COVID. And yet the fact that we still played in the Curry Cup, so we are good enough. We've got good quality players. I think our downfall probably is that we have many, many, many youngsters playing for us. And now you go and play in the North against seasoned international players. Makes a massive difference, you know. But as I said, if you look at the lines, positive. Are we going in the right direction? Your next game will tell. Um, the Bulls, I think, have got more questions to answer than anything else because they're not used to this. I mean, only scoring no, three not. points no. in the whole game as well and then they're getting not whacked. You know, so there are many questions to be asked there. So um, I think the next two or three weeks is, is going to be vital for all our sides. Um, you know, they're also saying we will be out. We will be without our Springboks in the fourth, first four rounds. I wonder, though, because if I look at the British and Irish lines, now I go to, to England. Um, England, Eddie Jones, have, he got a few, well, a squad together to start preparing for their Northern Hemisphere uh, games in, in November. And the British and Irish lines players, um, some of them weren't selected because they still need to rest and whatever. Then we're looking at our Springboks. I don't think these guys are going to be available for after that in any case because when they back, I think two, three weeks later, they go back into camp to prepare for the, for the November test. So I think we might be 
without them for longer, having said that, that United Rugby Championship stops at a certain stage, and we can maybe allude to that next week. Um, and then obviously it will start again after all the test matches, you know. So, But all to play for and a wonderful competition. You know, you, <laughs> they also say that Southern Hemisphere teams run the ball and Northern Hemisphere kick a lot. That's why we kicked so much in the Curry Cup because we were preparing for the United Championship. Some of these teams ran from all over the park on the weekend, you know. So I think underfoot, is, it's ground is obviously heavier. Um, I mean, there's so many people... Players from Australia that have gone to play in Europe that have come back now to say they're better players, they learned more. And, uh, yeah, let's let's leave it at that. I just hope that this weekend uh, one or two of our franchises will win games. And, you know, whatever your target is, all our franchises might have said, right, if we go there, there's four tough games. If we win one, we're OK. Sadly but, so. You should actually be saying we want to win all four. But it's a new comp. Everyone rants and raves about them. The Bulls, however, and I think maybe the Sharks would be disappointed if we don't win at least two. 100%. Good luck to all the teams um, and the Boca. Let's hope we're going to see some good rugby this weekend. Yeah, no, definitely. Then going on to club rugby, some good news is that uh, KZNRU has decided to start a sevens tournament, three rounds of tens um, for all the, the premier, premier clubs. Um, one team entered by each club, 15 players playing 10s. Your thoughts, Mark? Well, firstly, it's it's quite exciting to to get back onto the park again. Um, you know, training will start will start next week. Uh, it's different to 15s and different to pre-season because we don't have a pre-season. I think yes. within two weeks we, we start playing. Yes, starting within two weeks. Um, concern, however, is fitness levels and possible injuries and... You know, in theory, this should have been our off-season um, to start preparing. But it is what it is. Um, as a coach, it would be nice to be back on the field. What is what is nice about this, if it sounds strange now, it's only three weeks. Yes. Um, you know, we're playing three different venues over three weeks, and then, and then we're done again. Um, but that will take us to first week or second week in, in November, November, depending on when we finally get our fixtures. Um, but I think for the players, it's 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 nice, you know. I think from a COVID point of view, obviously all the strict COVID protocols and regulations will still be followed. Um, the venues would be played in in bio bubbles. Um, so from that point of view, it's nice, you know. Worldwide, everyone is playing, um, except in those countries where where COVID is is quite heavily involved at the moment. I mean, we're looking at Australia and New Zealand and borders being closed and so forth. Um, there's no club rugby taking place. And now we've been given the green light to, to play. So it is only three weeks. Call it five weeks with two yes. weeks pre preparation. Preparation, yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's nice oh. to be back. It's it's different because it's tens now and you're not used to tens, so people will need to adapt. Yeah. It's like sevens just with three extra players. Uh, but yeah, exciting. Quicker than the 15-man game. Correct, and that's asked now. I'll ask you a question with regards to fitness. You know, but uh, I just think the players would would love to go. Yeah, out but and I play. think everybody's going to be in the same boat. Um, none of the players have had chance to 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 play and are actually match fit. So it's all going to be in the same boat, and it's all going to be for fun. Yeah. What um, I also think is is thinking about it now. Um, you know, there's there's no league that you're playing in. No. Um, maybe maybe the clubs will take this opportunity to have a look at a few fringe players to see. Yes, it's different. Um, but you want to see how they play. You might not have seen certain ones, and this yes. this might be the opportunity for that. You know, so however the they look at it. But I just think it's exciting. It's good for our partners and sponsors. Yes. Um, for all the clubs, you know, the league. I think the league was only three or four rounds, four or five rounds, maybe yes. maximum when it stopped. So um, it's good. Sad part yet again. No spectators. No spectators, but at least we will have some rugby to look forward to, and it's not all. Done and dusted and dead for this year. Yeah, no, definitely. And look, it would be nice to to end off with some footy. And you know, the guys, other clubs are our friends. You know, yes. so it's nice to to see them again. I mean, new worlds apart, you might not mingle or whatever. This is the time for you to mingle. And what's nice now is with those three venues, it's like the seventh circuit. Yes. All the clubs will play at one play, specific play at one venue, specific. You know, yeah, so, so you will see all the clubs. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's, and it's awesome. So um, very awesome. I look, quite looking forward to that, and looking forward to some 
some nice uh, footy again and then obviously meeting our friends and our other colleagues. Definitely. Thank you, Mark, once again. Yeah, thanks, Gus. Always nice uh, chatting rugby and, you, you know, yes. we're going into an exciting exciting end of year. Um, you know, from a South African point of view, champion rugby championship wasn't too exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the United Rugby Championships up north and then the Northern Tours and all of that. So we'll definitely be chatting to all our listeners worldwide going through to Christmas and yes. through Christmas into the new year because that's when the United Championships is being played and there's so much proper rugby going to happen and looking forward to it. And thanks for all your input week in and week out as well and looking forward thank to the you. next show. Thank you very much and thank you to our listeners and thank you for tuning in to Touchline once again. From myself, Kasper Els and Mark Cameron, have a great rugby week.